just a second to get back in here. We're going to have a quick word of prayer, and we're going to dive into this word. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for the day. I pray, O oh God, today you just have your way, O oh God. You know what we stand in the need of. You know what today is about. You know it all, Father God. So I pray, O oh God, some heart be renewed, some mind be changed, O oh God, some spirit be uplifted, O oh God. I pray, O oh God, you do a new thing in somebody's life, O oh God. You literally change it around, Father God. You said that you make us new creations in Christ. Old things pass away, and behold, everything becomes new, Father God. So we need a new revelation. We need a new refreshing of our spirit. We need a new mindset. We need a new heart. We need everything new, oh God. Only you can make us new. So we trust you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They got to see the miracle walk in the room. Praise God. Amen. Isaiah 53 is where we be at today. Can you please stand for the reading of God's word? We want to honor God's holy word. Amen. Isaiah 53 verses 1 through 3. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It reads as follows. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we do not care. Y'all should know what I'm preaching, but if you don't, shake somebody's hand and say, Love isn't always lovely. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Shake somebody's hand and tell them that love isn't always lovely. Yeah, yeah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This weekend is dedicated to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I purposely sometimes, most of the time, really kind of refrain from using the word Easter so much because it's about the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I get into my message, uh, I can't help but your pastor, the truth seeker. I like to dig around and see what I can find up in scripture and in reading. I, I like history. And, and I got to make sure y'all understand this because really uh, this whole Easter thing really has nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Easter derived from Babylonian culture, uh, the Sumerian goddess Ishtar, where we're where, in Christianity, say the name Easter. But, but it came from Ishtar, and, 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 and she, same God, she is a, a, a god of fertility. She's Venus in the Greek. She got the same name in many cultures. But, but the thing of it is, because spring brings life, we see the sun coming out, we see the, the, the flowers growing, we see spring brings life. So she's the goddess of fertility. So this is why you see so many bunnies and eggs, and not so much about the death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah, Constantine, who became a Christian, was a Roman emperor and thought it was a good idea. He's seen these people having these festivals. He's seen the festival of Ishtar. He's seen the festival happen December 25th and said, you know what? We need something to go on. We have all these pagans celebrating. We need something, too. Uh, I know Passover is in the spring, so let's just say celebrate Jesus' resurrection in the spring on this same day so we can have something to do, too. I, I see why he did what he did, but it causes confusion. Among the body in today's world. Come on, come on. 
Because there's so much information out there now. Somebody will quickly try to tell you, well, you know, you celebrating a pagan holiday. Well, you celebrating this, you celebrating that. Yeah, that may be true in the world standard, but I know what Jesus did for me. Yeah, whether I celebrated this Sunday, actually, if I believe, I celebrate every Sunday. I celebrate the resurrection every day because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's just this day is chosen throughout history. That's good. Through a choice that was made 1,700 years ago that really ain't got nothing to do with us. Yeah, but just to help you out, the reason it's called Easter and it's charged because uh, uh, that's why Easter is never the same day. Have we noticed that? It flips flops one year is in March, one year is the first week in April, then it's the third week. It's just all over the place. Why? Because it's, it's, it's derived around the equinox. That, that, that the last full moon, that at the last full moon uh, of the spring, that it shows that the days and nights are becoming equal. So this is called the equinox. This is why this celebration changes day in and day out. But if I'm a believer, I celebrate it every day. Amen, amen. So I want to let y'all know what's going on with that before we deep into this message. But the Bible said, who has believed the message to whom the Lord has revealed his powerful arm? We're in the book of Isaiah, y'all. Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet. Yeah, y'all missed that. Eagle-eyed prophet. Well, Pastor, why is he an eagle-eyed prophet? What does that mean? See, eagle's eyesight is two to four times, two to eight times better than human beings. Yeah, my eyes are jacked up. I got my glasses on today. I wear contacts. I can't see nothing. Praise God. Amen. I, I'm praying for lazy. Pray. I pass to get lazy one day. Amen. That's what I really want to do. But but eagles, eyesight off the chain. They is, is four to eight times better than humans, which means they can see their prey up to two miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means the prey don't even see them coming. They have no idea they about to get swooped down, clawed up, and ate up. But the eagle sees them from so far away. So the book of Isaiah was written approximately from 740 B.C. to 700 B.C. Somewhere between 740 before Christ to 700 before Christ is when it was written. And the book of Isaiah has at least 34 verses that I found, watch this, of prophecies that are tied to Jesus in the New Testament alone. Yeah, 34 properties. Maybe y'all missed that. Uh, I'm talking about Matthew the Revelation. There are verses that coincide with Isaiah wrote about Jesus, but there's a 700-year gap between Isaiah writing this and Jesus being born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that means God know everything. That's, that, that's why I worship him and I love him. Ain't no group of men smart enough to write something 700 years ago and make sure all this line up didn't make that much sense. Amen. I love God and the Holy Spirit, how he guided them and showed them the future of his redemptive plan through the prophet Isaiah. So, so follow me. The first thing we're going to talk about today, family, is the appearance of love. Say appearance of love. Amen, amen. 53 and 2. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract him to us, the appearance of love. I love this. Jesus came to earth as a king, y'all. But he didn't look like a king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A root in dry ground. Uh, if it was Tupac, he would say this. He grew up as a, a rose through the concrete. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he wasn't supposed to be here, amen. He wasn't supposed to accomplish all he accomplished. Why would you say that Jesus was supposed to be a statistic? How you know, Pastor? He's from a single mother. Yeah, yeah, I know she was to engage with Joseph, but trust and believe she was a virgin. Her and Joseph hadn't had relations yet, so people thought Mary was a slut, a tramp, a thought, all that and then, and she cheated on Joseph is what the people thought. So they judge her, single mother. 
He was in lower class. Remember? Jesus being born, they couldn't afford a room for the nights. Wow. Couldn't get in the inn. They had to go have and have her child born, not in the hospital, not around maids and servants. No, the king was born by animals in a manger. Yeah, yeah the king, yeah, yeah, yeah. He grew up in the hood, praise God, amen. Oh. He grew up in the hood. Pastor, how you know Jesus grew up in the hood? Uh, because they said this when he told them who he was. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, that's like saying, can anything good come out of Hallville? Can anything good come out of Post Road? Uh, they, they told him where he was from. Show was nothing good coming out of you. So Jesus grows up to a single mother, lower class, and in the hood. But he king. I, I love that. I love that. Why is that important? It says because nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Jesus could have been the most gorgeous human being ever created. People look at him and fall out. He could have been that cute, that fine, all that stuff. But God didn't want us to follow him for no other reason except him being the Lamb of God. Woo, thank you, thank you, God. I love that. Okay. Why is that important? Because people worship and follow attractive people. Amen. Y'all going to be quiet. Amen. Okay, why do you think some singers get out of backing and other singers don't? Because the world says this is beautiful, this is sexy, this is what it is. Somebody got the same voice or even a better voice don't get the same shot as the other person because the world doesn't think this person is beautiful because people worship and follow beautiful people. How y'all think Satan got on the fire? Y'all ain't listening to me today. How you think Satan got to deceive angels because he was beautiful? He was the beautiful cherub covered in diamonds and rubies and topaz, covered in all this, the anointed cherub. He was so beautiful, they looked at him and said, well, maybe he right. He looked good. He that fine, he can't be wrong. He that beautiful, he can't be lying. And he deceived one third of the angels. So Jesus don't look like that. Why? Because watch this. People that are beautiful sometimes and we're being honest can be cruel, can be mean, can be deceivers, self-centered, conceited and all that. But Jesus looks like an average man. Y'all see that picture behind me. That, 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 that picture right there is what scientists did at research. They said, you know what, if Jesus, they didn't know we got all the technology now and today, we in 2023. So they got all the technology. They said, if we're being for real, we did a research and we think through some, I guess, some, some DNA, whatever they found from back in the day, this is what we think Jesus would actually look like. This is a, a scientific, a Time Magazine, all of them showed us what Jesus, they think he would look like. They don't look nothing like the pictures we see. Yeah, why? Yeah, because those pictures that we see are really real people that were born in Europe. And they use their sons, a secret bodega's one of them. They use people that they know and make this person look like Jesus. Trying to make him look so beautiful. He got the white hair, the nice beard, or the nice glowing eyes. Sometimes they blue. They got all kind of stuff to make us think this is how Jesus looks. That's like a regular old rugged man. Because God don't want us to be drawn to him. Why? How do you know that, Pastor? Why? Because Jesus is king of kings. The first king in Israel is who? King Saul. Israel never had a king till Saul came on board. And you know why the people picked Saul? Go read 1 Samuel. I'm going to tell you why. Though, but go read 1 Samuel. It says Saul was the most handsome man in Israel. Head and shoulders tall above everybody else in the land. He was fine and tall. But his heart was wicked. He wouldn't listen to God. Did things his own way. 
deceived the people, tried to kill David, the anointed one. He's over all thrown up. He tried to kill people. He was willing to kill his daughters, do anything he could to kill David. Went to consult with witches and astrologers because God wouldn't speak to him no more. But he was fine. See, God ain't caught up in appearance and don't want us to be either because appearance can be deceiving. When Samuel came to anoint the next king after he told Saul, uh, I rejected, uh, as he told Samuel, I rejected Saul, go to Jesse's house and pick me a king. All the sons lined up and because Samuel seen Saul, he went to the tallest and the most cutest one and said, it got to be him. God said, no. To another son. It got to be him. No. He went through all the sons and he said, God ain't seen none of these sons. Do you got any more boys? I got one in the back. He little. He dirty. He seen the sheep. I got one in the back, but he don't need to be here. He, God told Samuel, I don't do like men. I look at the heart. My God. I'm not caught up in appearances. I'm looking at people's hearts because the heart is what makes all the difference. So the appearance of love is not caught up in what we see with our eyes. But the heart. God, thank you. Next thing I want to talk about, y'all bid me about five verses. I got to dig into this. Is the affliction of love. Amen. Oh Say that. The affliction, affliction. of love. Now let's read the text. He was despised and rejected. Mm. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Mm-hmm. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. Oh he was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for his own sin. But he was pierced for our rebellion. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Isaiah is walking us through who Jesus is. And he don't even know who Jesus is yet. Really, he doesn't know what God told him. So I'm hoping to illustrate the insane, improbable, implausible, indutable, infinite, and intentional love that God has for me and you. Okay, okay, by showing you this, what? That the love of God has for us and his son Jesus' love was not full of joy on earth. Yeah, yeah, he didn't receive fullness of joy until he sat down with the Father after everything was finished. On earth, his love for humanity was like any others that we would ever see. Why? Because he loved us, yet when he was despised and rejected. Okay, okay, okay. All All of this love he had for us, and we turned our back on him. Yeah. All of this love he had for us, not only did we sin, but we enjoyed doing it. Uh, Yeah, not not only did we sin, but we did it with a smirk. Not only did we sin, but we gave somebody a high five and some dap while we did it. Not only did we sin, but we bragged to our friends about what we did and how we did it and how much fun we had with it. We did all that. And he still went to the cross. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. See, see, I need to talk to some people today. The weight of carrying someone else back is, my God, amen, amen. Yeah, yeah, I need somebody to talk to me today. Hey, have you ever been in a relationship and you had to carry all the baggage? Think about that. A relationship and you carried all the baggage. I'm talking about all the financial responsibilities. I'm talking about all the emotional responsibilities. I'm talking about all the household, all the kids, all the baggage. When you carry all the baggage, it's going to leave you, what, drained and depleted. Doing it for one person. Jesus did it for the whole world. He he, he did it for the whole world. Every person 
to ever exist. He carried our baggage past, present, and future. He carried the baggage. So why the people, my God, why Jesus was getting spit on, why he was getting hit in his eye, getting dragged from judgment hall to judgment hall, uh, when they had a chance to give him freedom, Pilate said, look here, uh, uh, it's, it's custom and tradition. I release one prisoner during Passover. We got Jesus, king of the Jews. We got Barabbas, uh, convicted felon, murderer, uh, uh, up to no good. He crazy. And we got this good man that teaches the synagogues. Who y'all going to let free? And they heart shows Barabbas. Had a chance to let him free, let him go. But their hearts was too wicked. And I come to find out, watch this, it's easy for us to condemn them, but we do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, we just got a different Barabbas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when we can choose Jesus, we still choose Barabbas. When we can choose him, we still choose the Barabbas. Do I want freedom from the king or do I want Barabbas? Our crazy self still picking Barabbas to this day. That's why he went to the cross. To give us the Holy Spirit. To give us the strength we need to be redeemed from God. He, he was beaten beyond recognition. Bloody, sentenced to death on the cross. And it says, we thought the troubles he had were his punishment from God. Oh my God. Wow. The arrogance of us. The arrogance. That, that, that imagine Jesus. Not only what he did back then, but today he died to redeem us and people still denying that he ever came. He died to redeem us and people still don't want to believe in him. But he died for them to give them a chance at the tree of life. He was wounded for our transgressions. What is a transgression? It's rebellion. We have rebelled against God. It ain't like we just, we made a mistake. No. God said do this and we done the total opposite and enjoyed it. We did the total opposite and had fun with it. We know the total opposite. Didn't care about the consequences. We kept doing it and kept moving away from God. He said he was wounded for our rebellion. He rebelled against God. Bruised for our iniquities. That's our sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes. We are healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by him getting beating provides healing to us. Okay, okay. By him getting beating, it makes us whole. By him getting whipped, it makes us healed. It don't make sense, but God's love is that serious for us. Let's look at the affliction of love still. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants. That his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. Man, look at what Isaiah is describing. That is undoubtedly Jesus' life. All of us in this room, everyone will listen to a sermon or watch this later. Everyone from the oldest person in here to the youngest to the baby that hasn't even been born yet will stray away from God. 
We left God's path to follow our own. Think about that for a minute. We left God's path of righteousness, God's path of faithfulness, God's path of safety, of holiness, of love, of peace. We are no different than Adam and Eve. We all have went our own way. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. See, Isaiah had to write it like this. So when the people were persecuting, when the people were killing him, they can go back to the scriptures. Israel can see exactly what the Messiah really looked like. They had to know because he wasn't going to be what they thought. He was going to get beaten, bruised, and bloody. And yet they still didn't recognize him. We're talking about people that studied the word of God, that talked the word of God, people that have been in the synagogues, people that know it, know it, know it, know exactly. And think about this, they didn't have verses. They, 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 they could open it up and find wherever it's at. They didn't have verses like we do. They had to go through. They knew what the Messiah would look like. Yet and still, they ignored it. He was led away like a lamb to a slaughter. That's deep. Jesus knew his mission was to do the will of his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew that he had to be the last sacrifice for sin ever. He knew he would die unjustly. He knew he would die wrong, but he didn't say a word. Yeah, I gotta help somebody today. I gotta help somebody. We got so much to say. We got so much to say. God, this ain't right. God, this ain't fair. God, this is unjust. God, I don't deserve this. God, I'm doing everything right. God, 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 yes, and God, that we got so much to say. But the only thing we deserve really is death and hell because of our rebellion. We don't deserve nothing else. But his grace, his mercy comes in through his beloved son that he would kill his son to bring us into a right relationship with him. That's how much God loves you and me. We got so much to say. We got so much to say. It should be thank you, God, for grace. Thank you, God, for mercy. Thank you for not giving me what I deserve. Thank you for not killing me in my sin. Thank you for not letting me die when I was far away from you. Thank you for saving me. It should be always anything to say. It should be gratefulness and it should be thankfulness. Because he's been that kind to us. Isaiah prophecy was so spot on. No one would care that he even died. He wouldn't have any children. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. We can't miss the fact, y'all, that he was struck down because of our rebellion. Mm. See, see, if we don't look at the cross right. as our rebellion, mm. we don't see what it's about. Wow. If we don't look at Jesus' sacrifice as that this is the sacrifice that God had to do to save me. See, 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 one thing I think what makes it so real about the Old Testament is that we forget they had to kill the animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I sinned, I had to go find me a lamb. I had to go take that lamb. I had to go slaughter that lamb. I had to go drain his blood. I had to go present it before God. And maybe it would make me think that this innocent thing got to die because of me. Maybe it would make me think a little more. Because we got the gift of repentance. Because God was so kind to say, my son is there forever. All you got to do is ask for forgiveness. But because we prideful, we don't ask for it. Or we prideful, we ask for it, then go do it. Y'all ain't trying to help me preach. We don't realize how good we got it. That we should be the strongest believers. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should be on fire for God and living for God because of what he did. 
Next, I want to talk about the abiding of love. Amen. Abiding of love. Look at the text. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering of sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. The love of God and the love of Jesus should constantly be on our mind. He had done no wrong and told no lies. Come on, I got children in the room with me today, praise God. And us supposed to know where parents know this, that we never had to sit down and teach our children what lying is. Yeah, yeah, we ain't never said that. No, no, no. We had to teach them a lot of things, but we never had to teach them what lying is. Why? Because they learned to lie when the truth had a consequence. Yeah, yeah, when we say, did you take that cookie from the cookie jar? And they know they did, and they hear it in your tone, and they might get a whooping. No, I ain't take the cookie. Chocolate chips all over their mouth, hands dirty, coat, everything. But they gonna sit there and tell you no. You don't gotta teach them to lie. Because it's in us. That shows that Adam did something in the garden, that sin is already in us, and we still gotta be freed and redeemed because of that. But he lived and he never did no wrong and told no lie. There were some things I can say I ain't never done. Them two I can't. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. There's some things I, say I can say I ain't never did, but never tell a lie and never did no wrong. What human being can say that about themselves? That God said, I got to fix this thing, so I got to send one down who can obey me, my powerful arm, who can do everything I ask him to do so he can defeat the devil and defeat death so my people can be free. He was buried like a criminal but was put in a rich man's grave. I love this. Like, like how Isaiah is so on point. He knows about Joseph of Aramath. Aramath. He, he knows about, how do you know about Joseph, Isaiah? I get you talking about you, but you know about the, the, the secret disciple of Christ? Yeah, I love how God shows his providence and sovereignty throughout the text. Joseph, yeah. the name Joseph means Jehovah shall add. Wow. Yeah, that's what the name Joseph means. The Bible is big into names. You should know what your name means, praise God. Look it up. Know what your names mean. Your names have a calling and a purpose behind them. And the name Joseph means Jehovah shall have. So in the Old Testament, what happens? Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, come on, Joseph, jo jo Joseph, Jehovah shall add. So, so Joseph, he goes, and what's he do? He goes to Egypt, and he adds to them, right? He's got a job. He adds to Egypt. His brothers come around him. He's one of the 12 uh, tribes of Israel. His brothers add to Egypt. They become uh, financially in prosperity, all this stuff, because Joseph came, and he added to them. Yeah. Jesus' stepfather's name was Joseph. He watched over Jesus before he was born. He kept him protected and provided for him. Made sure he wasn't killed as a baby. Increased their family. He added him until his death. And then when Jesus' death, so at his birth he got a man named Joseph. And at his death he got a man named Joseph. Because Jehovah shall add. So at his death, God is saying, look here. When I put you in this tomb and you come out of it, you're going to add to your spiritual family. Because I'm about to add people from every nation, every tongue, and every tribe. The amount of adding I'm about to do is about to be unrealistic because of what you did as a sacrifice for me, son. So God has every detail of our life planned out. This is why you shouldn't worry. It's why you shouldn't fret. This is why you can't quit. This is why you can't give up. 
Because it was written. God knows every detail of your life. And long as I'm choosing his direction, it's going to work out. As long as I'm choosing his will, I'm going to be blessed. As long as I'm choosing him, no matter what it looks like right now, it's too many stories and too many testimonies that show that God always shows up and shows out. So the word of God written by the prophet Isaiah had a nerve to say this, that it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Mm. When his life was made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plans will prosper in his hands. It was God's good plan to crush him. This is where we get what? John 3, 16. God so loved the world. Come on. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That, that, that God loved the world that he gave, but he gave him as an offering for sin. It pleased God to bruise his son. And people might look at that and say, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. Why, why would God choose to kill his son? That, 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 that don't make sense to me, Pastor. I don't understand why a God would choose to kill his son. And he's supposed to love his son. And he's supposed to care for his son. That, that doesn't make sense. But you got to go through the Bible for it to make sense. That this is the Passover weekend. That, that, that it's always been a requirement of a sacrifice for Passover. And that God been giving us tidbits of what will come all through the Bible. That he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, but he didn't let him do it. But he knew he had the faith to do it. So he said, I'm not going to make you, I'm going to put you in a position, but I'm not going to make you do what I'm about to have to do. You think it didn't break God's heart killing his son? You think it didn't break God's heart that his son who obeyed him, who never did nothing wrong, had to deal with that kind of punishment? That why Jesus on the cross saying, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Why, how has God forsaken him? Because Jesus had never sinned, and now he covered in it. My God. So because what? If we're covered in sin, that means we're away from the father. So this was the first time in his life he had never felt the presence of the father. But God did it for me and you. Who is love is for real. Thank you, oh God. So the giving of his son caused his son pain and grief. He's an offering for our sin. Not just so we can go to heaven. Not just because he wanted to, because it was God's plan to eradicate sin's power and death out of our lives. And there was only one way to do it. In the garden, it says Jesus grew exceedingly sorrowful. That his spirit felt like he was going to die. That as he was praying, it was like sweat drops of blood coming yeah. down his head, y'all. And then he had a nerve to say, Father, if, this, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Father, he, he went and asked twice, amen. Jesus asked for him to feed 5,000 once. Jesus said, get up and walk once. He, 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 did, he, he raised people from the dead once. He said it once. But, but, but this, he didn't get the answer. He liked. He went back to his father and said, Daddy. I don't want to drink the cup of your wrath. I don't want to drink that bitter cup. It's painful. I see how I got to die. I know exactly how many lashes I got to take. I know exactly how many negative words I got to hear. I know exactly how much spit got to be put on me. I know exactly how many thorns that crown got. I know exactly the pain of that cross. I see it all. I'm already feeling it in my soul, in my spirit, daddy. Is it a way for me to get out of this? Another way to do this? But then he says, nevertheless, not my will be done. 
but your will be done. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Think about that. Jesus knew every sin that would happen. Yeah. Every bold-faced lie to every white lie. Come on. Every lustful thought to every lustful action. Yeah, yeah. Every bit of greed, every bit of envy, every bit of jealousy, every bit of hate, every bit of false god worship. He knew exactly all that stuff. Disobedient parents, adultery, coveting. He knew it all. Yeah. And still hit the cross. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still hit the cross. You know why I love Jesus? Because he had, he paid asking price for our sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody here has bought a car. Praise come God. On, come on. But but the name of the game is you don't want to pay what they what they asking for. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. They they have a price that they have. Yeah. You got a price in your mind. Yeah. And, and, and you trying to make sure that we can come to an agreement that that, that that maybe I might not get exactly what I want, but you can't get what you want either. Yeah 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 yeah. Not my will. But yeah 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 yeah. I I need to make sure these wheels match my wheel in my bank account. So we need to become some kind of agreement and what I'm gonna pay for. And Jesus went to make an agreement. But then he said, you know what, Father? I'm going to give you asking price. Wow. You said the sin costs that much, that much blood, that much pain, that much sorrow, that much grief. I'm going to give you what you want because I love you and I love them that much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lastly, y'all, we're going to talk about the allegiance of love. Allegiance of love. Verse 11 and 12. When he sees that all is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Yeah. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Uh, what an awesome God we serve. Awesome God. Yes. So, so, so yes. the allegiance of love. What, what does allegiance mean? Allegiance means loyalty, yeah. faithfulness, steadfast to a cause or a person. Come on. That's what allegiance means. So, so Jesus was loyal to God. He was faithful to God, and he was steadfast for our redemption. Come on, come yeah, yeah, he's the allegiance of love. I love this. I love this. So Jesus, by saying, not my will be done, by yours, shows his commitment to God and his commitment to our freedom. That God wants you to be free. And I think we miss this. We get so caught up sometimes in instruments. We get so much caught up in shouting. We get so much caught up in running around the church. We get so much caught up in high praise that we forget that God wants you to be free. Jesus. He don't want sin to dominate your life. He wants you to have freedom in him. He wants you to have victory over the enemy. He wants you to be a walking billboard for him. He wants you to have power. But we get so caught up in church sometimes and not the word. We get so much caught up in singing and praising and not the word that we don't have enough word to keep us. Because the word gives you power to tread on scorpions, to defeat snakes. He gives you power. And because we don't teach, and again, we don't read either, like Thomas alluded to that. We don't get taught right, and then we don't go and read for ourselves, study the scriptures, hide the word of God in my heart so I might not sin against him. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We don't have no power. And Jesus died to give us freedom. See, see, his anguish was to give us an appreciation for God. Yeah, yeah, the anguish Jesus went through was to make us appreciate God. How do I appreciate God? That my good, my good days outweigh my bad. 
How, how do I appreciate God? I'm thankful for this moment. I ain't got time to complain. I won't complain. Don't do good, no good, no way. And complain is like giving praise to the devil. And, and trust me, somebody praying for my problems. So God, I'm just going to praise you where you at. Y'all missed that. Somebody praying for your problems. Somebody praying for that car you can't stand. Somebody praying for that apartment you don't like. Somebody praying for that house you live in. Somebody praying for that McDonald's you got. Somebody praying for your problems. So I ain't got no time or no reason to complain. I just got appreciation yeah, thank you, Lord. to show my God. His pain would give us the promises of God. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. The promises of God are already mine. The, the, the promises of God, what? That I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. That, that, that he went through pain so I can experience every promise that God has written in Scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went through it, so I ain't got to go through it. The Lord is my shepherd. I should not want. He lead me beside the still one. Jesus is leading us. So I ain't got to experience certain pains. He, he gave me access to the Father. Do, do, do y'all know? Yeah, maybe y'all don't know. Maybe I need to help y'all real quick. Do you know everybody couldn't come to God in the Old Testament? Yeah. Did y'all know that? That, 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 that the, the, the high priest was the only one. He had to get dressed up in his adorn. He had to wash himself clean. He had to scrub himself. He had to get clean. He had to wear these ornaments. He had to come up. The Levi priest, he had to put on a nice hat, all his clothes on. He had to go get himself clean. He had to pray. And watch this. He had to go in there before the people for their sin offering. He had to go and slaughter animals for the whole Israel and all their sins. One man got to go in there. And guess what? They would tie a, a rope around his neck, I mean around his leg with a, a waist with a bull horn on it. Why, why, why would they do that, Pastor? Because he's in there worshiping. He's in there praising God and come doing what God asked him to do. On, and if he ain't right, he dies. So they, they grab the rope and ring it to see he is shaking. No, I'm still in here doing what God called me to do. So y'all can know I'm here. I'm doing this for y'all. But now we all got access to the throne. His pain led to the problem. Now I can go home in my prayer closet. I can get on my knees. I can go and worship. I can talk to the Father directly because Jesus' pain led to my promise. The promises of God are already mine. That's what his pain did. His agony is what accommodated the wrath of God. Woo. Wow. Think about that. It, it, it's bad enough. Watch this. Some people, it said this in the word, that somebody might die for one righteous person. They might die. They, ain't no giving. If somebody you know been doing the right thing, you might die for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus died for the worst of us. Yeah, yeah, he died for the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person we think that needs to be under the jail, he died for him too. Yeah, that person that lied, he died for them. Amen. That, that, that judge, that, that thug, that, that NBA player, that, that, that little kid, that, that police officer, that anything, that doctor, that lawyer, he died. He seen the worst in all of us. And his agony accommodated the wrath of God. It appeased it. It, it, it let God say, you know what? Now I can bring them to me because of what you did, son. So that means his blood is the benchmark for our salvation. Yeah, yeah, I can't, we can't brag on salvation. It's a gift from God. The blood he shed is the benchmark. means that is where it is set at. That I have to believe in the blood he shed for me. That he died for my sins to give me salvation. And because of his experience, watch this. It said my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. So God says, look here. I'm giving y'all the ability to be righteous. 
I can change everything about you. If you accept my son for real and love him for real, yeah. I'm gonna get inside your heart. Come on, come on. That heart of stone you got, I'm gonna make it a heart of flesh. Yeah. That mind you got, I'm gonna change it and put my laws in it. But you gotta believe in what he has done for you by faith alone. It says it is possible that many will be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins. Word of God says it like this. God didn't spare his own son, but handed him over to death for us all. So he will also give us everything. If God was willing to kill his own son, what he ain't going to let me have? If God is willing to kill his own son for me, what won't I have access to? But we don't tap into that. Because we, we don't understand what God has really done for us. It says, who will accuse them whom God has chosen? God has approved them. Who will condemn them? Christ has died. And more importantly, he was bought back. Christ was put in the highest position in heaven. And Christ intercedes for us. So Jesus, after his ascension, y'all, he's sitting in a chair at the right hand of the Father. And he's praying for them. Yeah, yeah. So, so when we see him, my God, and we still make mistakes, as bad as God could be, you look at his son on the right hand. And Jesus says, Father, I die for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank Father, Lord. forgive them. I, they don't know what That's they it. do. That's Father, it. I know they messed up time and time again, but I die for that. And because he can look to the right hand of the Father mm -hmm. and see that sacrifice, That's right yeah. That's it. he gives us more grace and more mercy. My God. Thank you, Jesus. So I got one question, y'all, and I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. What is holding you back? Yeah. What is holding you back? See, see, one thing I know about Jesus is nothing held him back. We even sing a song, or what is it? Death cannot hold him down. Yeah. That, 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 that even after all that and that gruesome, horrible death and his beating that he experienced, he still got up. Oh yeah, he, he, he woke up and got up and was healed. After three days in the tomb, he got up yeah. and he was healed. Death, not, nothing can hold him back. Not, 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 not the Jewish leaders, not the Roman soldiers, not the beating, not the whips, not the crown of thorns, not the grave, not the tomb road in front of the grave. Nothing held him back. He got up so we can get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't stay in the grave. He got up so we can experience the power of the Holy Spirit. So my question for you is what is holding you back? What will separate you from the love of God? Is it trouble? Is it distress? Is it hard times? Is it persecution? Is it hatred? Is it hunger? Is it homelessness? Is it threats? Is it fear? What is holding you back from receiving God's sacrifice that he gave for you? Because this, this is the truth of the matter, y'all. Is that we all got to go before God. The truth of the matter is, when we read Revelations, because a lot of people, you got these, you know, scholars everywhere now. They just know the Bible and they just be saying whatever, taking scripture out of context. But they like to talk about Jesus like he's black because his feet are bronze and he got wool hair in Revelations. Right. And like they try to make him black because his feet are bronze. No, no, that, that, that's right. not what they're saying. Well, what I want you to understand is this. And this ain't a scary tactic, but this is real. That Jesus now has to judge the bronze his feet being bronze are from the fire that's in heaven they, they always lift, leave out the part that his eyes is flaming red well why is Jesus so upset 
because he literally gave his life for us all. He literally gave his blood. He gave you access to the Father. And you refused it. See, we got this twisted thing in our mind that, 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 that we get to go to heaven any kind of way. And I'm sorry, that's not, I, I, PG, I got to keep it real. I, I know what God has done. And there's no way you can live on earth and don't want God in your life, don't want God in your business, don't want God in your relationships. You keep him at bay in every area and then think you're going to live with him forever? My God, my God. That don't even make good sense. That don't make no sense. You can't go perform surgery if you don't go to school to go be a doctor and get your degree and go before the medical board. That don't make natural sense. But when it comes to God, we like to think God gonna make an excuse for me. He loved me. I'm his favorite. He loved me. And I'm telling you, y'all, the sacrifice was made for our sins. And God ain't sending nobody to hell. That ain't what he do. People are choosing hell. I'm tired of the lies. God don't send nobody to hell. Hell wasn't even created for us. It was for the devil and his angels. Never was created for us. But they made a choice to not want to live in heaven. They made a choice not to want to obey God. So God says, well, this is the place for people who don't want to live with me, who don't want to love me, who don't want me a part of their life, I give you the free will to choose that. You don't have to believe in my son. See, see, Jesus' death was sufficient for all, but efficient for some. When I'm done, we're going to walk to God this, amen. Jesus' death was sufficient. He took enough pain, enough suffering to die for the sins of everybody. But everybody ain't getting in. It's only efficient for the ones that choose. Sufficient for all. Efficient for some. But we got to choose if we part of the song. It's up to us. Do I believe that he died for me? Do I believe he died for my sins? Do I believe he is Lord and Savior of my life? And if I do, God, I'm giving you my life now. It ain't about me no more. It's about you and your will. Just like you said in that garden, I sit here before you and say, God, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. But you got to make a choice. So this is my pause to you today. Can we stand up, amen? Can everybody stand up, amen? And give God a praise real quick, amen? Uh, can we do that, please? And I want to encourage you today. If you do not... Know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. If you have not accepted Him as your Lord and Savior and have a relationship with Him, let today be your day. What better day than Resurrection Sunday? What, what better day than say, you know what, God? This is the day I'm giving it all back to you. This, and, and this is the day that I'm believing you for who you are. And I get it. Because some of us, hey, we. You probably should. Pastor, I've been saying a long time. I get that. But are you living for God? Are you living for Him? I know you, I, I know you might have accepted Him before and you believed in Him, but trust me, there was a time in my life where I knew I accepted Him, but my behavior said something different. I know I accepted Him. I believe He was the only way, but my actions said something different. I didn't believe in the other God. I still believed in Jesus, but then I had a conversation with myself after I knew that I was saved. It was like, did I really believe in you, God? Right. 
Because it didn't change nothing about me. So God wants to change your life. He wants to make you a new creation in Christ. So that old things pass away and behold, all things become new. God wants to make you new. If you need to be saved, if you need to be saved, I'm going to say come to the front right now. You can give God your heart. You're giving us your hand, but you're giving God your heart. If you need to be saved, maybe, maybe you're saved, but I, I, need to re, I need to get back on track. I am, I, I've got lost. I've been in a wilderness. We've been there before. Yeah. Do we get lost sometimes? The world sucks us up. But guess what? you got an opportunity to come back to the family of God. If this is you today, if you need to be saved, you need to recommit your uh, life to Christ, and I'm going to say if you need to be baptized, if this is what you need today, thank you for that song lady Thomas. Everything else can wait. Everything else can wait. Because one thing I know for sure, there are no two men caskets. I know that. One thing I know is that when I got when we all got to stand before God, He ain't gonna even ask me about Lady Thomas. He ain't gonna He gonna ask me about my life and how I passed through Christian Church. What he gonna ask me? He ain't gonna ask about nothing. Nothing, nothing gonna matter. Who was hating? Who was talking? Who helped me? Who did? None of that matters. He gonna ask me about me. How did I live? What did I do? What did I believe? Amen. I think you got some glory for nothing drop for me. Oh, oh, oh. God is amazing. You gotta give him you. Everything else can wait, y'all. Everything else. Lord, give me you. What has your attention? Lord, give me you. What has your heart that's not God? Lord, give me you. What is on that pedestal in your life that's above God? It takes honesty. It takes honesty with ourselves to say, you know what, God? Me, oh, mm. Jesus. I'm on my knees. Jesus, Jesus. Crying out to you. Thank you, Lord. What is it? Everything else can wait. It's me, oh, Lord. Are you willing to say that? I'm on my knees. I'm telling you. And Give me you. It's, sometimes it seems like the hardest decision, but I'm telling you, it's the Give best decision. Woo! And it seems the hardest. Why? Because sometimes you're going to lose friends. Yeah, everybody don't want to follow Jesus. Yeah, and then when you decide to follow Jesus, they want to, you, you're the Jesus follower now. Okay, we cool off you. My phone used to crash before I followed Jesus. She hated my phone. Never stopped ringing. I became serious about God. What happened to that phone? Didn't ring. Dry bones. <laughs> Dry bones. That's it. And yeah, it was kind of like, dang, I got friends, I got people I hung out all the time. Yeah. But then it let me know God with me and you got is real. That's it. That's it. Yeah, God with me and you got is real. And it's so real that that spirit sometimes that other people got that ain't felt you yet, it get uncomfortable around me. Yeah, yeah. come on. But I believe in you, God, that you called me to be a light. And that one day I'm going to be able to save all my friends and save all my family through Jesus. That if I continue to be faithful to you, continue to lift you up, continue to be who you call me to be, yeah, it might be low-key right now, but you're going to do such a work because I trust you because it's not my will be done, but your will be done. So if you need God, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. Father, I thank you for what you're doing right now. I appreciate you and I praise you. If you need God right now, you know you need to be saved. 
or you just been out of the loop and say, you know what, I need to get, I need to be recommitted to Christ. I need to get back to the church. Because this world don't play fair. This world is cruel, it's wicked, it's mean, and they are designing things to do everything they can to stop you believing in Jesus. They don't care if you believe in Muhammad. They don't care. They don't care if you believe in Buddha. They don't, they don't care if you believe in the Dalai Lama. None of that matters. But say the name Jesus. Say you believe in what the Bible teaches. You're, un you're intolerant. You're, you're, you're a bigot. You're this, you're that. Because I believe in what he said, that he's the truth, the way, and the life. Can't no man come to the Father except by him. If you need to be saved, Jesus, if you need to be saved, recommitted, or you need to be baptized, don't, 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 don't say I'll wait till the next time. Next times are not promised, y'all. Next times are not promised. Thank you, Jesus. They're not promised to any of us all. I remember a story. I heard a long time ago, a little boy. There was a meeting in hell. And, 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 and the, the demon and his imps, the devil and his imps were trying to say, you know what, we got to stop people from believing in Jesus. What are we going to do? One demon raises his hand and says this, look here. Uh, let's cause all the pain and suffering in the world. Let's make people hurt, and then they'll give up on God. The devil says, no, nah, that ain't going to work. I tried it with Job. Yeah, I took everything I could from him. I killed all his children. I took all this stuff. I, I did all that to him. You know what he had nerve to say? Bless the Lord. Give it from the Lord. Take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That don't work. All right. Another demon raised his hand and said, you know what? I got an idea. Let's just tell people God don't exist. Let's just roll with it and say, you know what, there ain't no God. We're going to trick people. He said, yeah, that sounds good. But the book of Psalms says the fool has said it in his heart, there is no God. So, so, so that ain't going to work because the Bible already said you're a fool if you don't believe in God. Okay. Well, one demon said, look here, I think I got the answer. Say, I know what it is. Let's just tell people they got more time. <laughs> yeah, let's convince them they got more time. They can do it the next time. And the next time, and the next time, Satan said, that sounds like a good idea. They all adjourn it. They all read one, two, three, slap hands. And that's what Satan tells people. I do it the next time. I get saved next Sunday. I get baptized next year. I do this next time. And guess what? Ain't nothing promised to us to have a next time. We're not even promised our next hour. Next minute, next second. But God is present right now. So y'all know me. I don't drag out altar call. But if there's anybody else in here that you need to be saved, that God is speaking to you when you say, oh, I need to give my life to Christ. I need to recommit to Christ. Young or old, it don't matter. Or yes, pastor, I'm saved and I'm committed and I need to be baptized because I'm on this journey for Christ and I'm living for God. And I, and I, wanna, I know for myself, but I want the world to know too that I'm living for Christ. Is there anybody else? Amen. Is there anybody else? Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let me pray with you all. Praise God, amen. Father, we thank you, O God, for today.
We thank you for your word. We thank you, O oh God, for your way and your will. We thank you, O oh God, for what you're doing, O oh God, in the midst up here, Father God, and in the congregation. I pray today, O oh God, you were glorified. You were lifted up. I pray, O oh God, today, O oh God, that we come to the realization and the understanding of the sacrifice you made for us, that your death was not in vain, that we're not going to live, we're not going to live like your death did not happen. No, no, no. If I'm worth dying for, then God, you are worth living for. So I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my mind, I'm giving you my heart, I'm giving you my hands, I'm giving you my feet, I'm giving you everything I got because I'm putting your will above my own. Why? Because you let your son become my offering for sin. Touch every heart, touch every mind, my, every, every man, every girl, every boy, every woman, every child, Father God. Touch them now. They understand the importance and the significance of the redemption of the blood of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And then we got a praise this place, amen. Amen. Baptism. Baptism and join the church, amen. Praise God, amen. That would be a young man around the applause for him making a decision, amen. That's worth it all, amen. That's him making a decision. And uh, Kate, I know we had just talked the other day, man. You know, Pastor George, I'm here, man. I'm here for you every step of the way, man. I, I, if I can help you and all these young men understand who God is at a young age, man, God got so much in store for you. Amen. So much stuff you ain't even dreaming about and knowing. So love them and trust them. You have a Bible? I'll get you one. Okay, I'll get you one. Okay, that's one. No, amen. Praise God. I'm going to get you one. So, God, thank you. Give God one more round of applause. Amen. For y'all being faithful. Amen. Amen. Y'all faithfulness plays a great part in this. Amen. And he getting baptized. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. 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 So thank you all. We appreciate the love and the support Amen. for all what you're doing. Amen. Thank you, um, Lord. Man, y'all have a good time today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So real quick, um, the visitors. Let's give God a, let's give a round of applause for our visitors. Thank you, Lord. Thank y'all for visiting. Y'all are visitors. You should have got a bag. If you didn't get a bag, please raise your hand. We have a bag in there. We have a card that you can fill out as well. Please fill out the card so we can uh, reach back out to you um, with your information. The card is inside of the bag. And then uh, we're about to take up offering next. And then you can put your card inside of the offering basket. Amen. Amen. So if you're a visitor, please raise your hand if you did not get a bag. Uh, the ushers will give you a bag real quick. And there's a card in there for you to fill out as well. So we thank you so much for being here Amen. and worshiping with us. Y'all could be anywhere in the world That's today. It. Amen. Thank you. But y'all here with us. Amen. Amen. So let's give one more round of applause for our visitors. Amen. And our new creation church family. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. So at this time, we want to get ready to uh, have our offering. Uh, you can look on the screen. You can either uh, give electronically through Cash App or through Text to Give. Or if you're giving cash, please raise your hand. Uh, Usher will gladly give you an envelope as well. Yeah.